Happy Halloween, my lovely listeners. I am back today with a special episode all around the witch wound. I'm calling all my witchy women to gather together and listen, to pass this on to anyone you may think is in the broom closet. And we're going to unpack this highly taboo and esoteric subject today with my lovely soul sister, Sarah. So welcome, Sarah. How do you feel about this? Girl, I got so much just underneath the surface, bubbling and ready to be released, to be spoken. Girl, I know we've been talking a little bit behind the scenes about all of these different subjects, and you guys are in for a trick and a treat today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited too. Let's get into this. So we plan on doing a deep dive into this knowledge. And just before we got started, we both had to have this moment of um, just breath and uh, permission. We're giving ourselves permission today to bring some very dark things to the light, to bring justice to some very unjust uh, patterns throughout history done against women. And um, I just want to give like a fair warning that there could potentially be triggers within this episode. We're dealing with some major priestess episodes energy, which is all about that mirror and mirroring back uh, to one another and to those of you listening, you know, those unhealed aspects. So whatever may trigger you in this is ultimately going to set you free. That's the whole point of us sitting down and talking about this today. Um, But I did want to give that fair warning. So let's dive into what the word means, what which means. And ultimately, the word witch means wise in etymology. Um, It means a wise woman. It's the aspect of the psyche. It's not a label that we can just slap across a person and that's all they ever are. But throughout history, that has been the case. And it's been used to demonize women who had uh, this innate wisdom or intuition and knowledge. So... It's really important that we understand this because a lot of people, including myself in the past, have felt too identified with the label and then have not been able to let the other aspects, some of the deeper, more ancient aspects especially, come through. So I can speak to this personally on the level of um, understanding that I am not just a witch. (laughs) Like I labeled myself a witch so that some people could have a better understanding of what it is that I do. Um, And we'll get into that as well, what I mean by that. But um, a lot of us have taken on this label as almost this cute, crafty aesthetic without understanding its true meaning. Uh, And without understanding that it's been used in a derogatory way for so long, for so many lifetimes, um, and it has been used to cover up our real labels as prophetess, priestess, goddess, queen, healer, medicine woman, 
mother. And this is a uh, witchcraft and the patriarchy are directly linked together. So we're going to go into the history of this. Um, and actually, before I do, do you have any comments on the labeling? I do. I actually am so glad you asked that. I wanted to chime in for like one split second. I remember being a little girl and my greatest dream was to be a witch. And inevitably, after a lot of conditioning, after a lot of failed spells, I um, I kind of put those dreams down for a while. And, I've, you know, I'm an October baby, so... <laughs> I am so drawn to Halloween. Halloween started in August for me, so I am fully in my essence right now. And what I find is that every year as the season rolls in, I'm more and more in tune with the witch archetype. I am called to cleanse my house, to perform spells, to heal, to step truly, truly into my power. And over the years, I have traded the witch label for the unconditional gift of consciousness and the true power of consciousness. And so no matter what label you come to identify with, as we're going to find so many different women are called to be embody the role of the priestess, embody the role of the shaman, the medicine woman, as we've said, the healer. I 100% identify as a healer. We've got, you know, demon slayers and <laughs> shadow workers and so many different types of archetypes and women and powerhouse women and I found over the years okay at the core essence we are consciousness we are the pure life force and that is the most powerful energy archetype magical gift of all so if we could come back to anything I hope today serves to come back into our power, no matter what archetype we choose to identify with. If you prefer living in the in the realm and the role of priestess, embody that, allow it, fully honor it, and step into that power fully. Um, I've just found that over the years, when I put down the gift of being a witch, or I've felt more, you know, seasoned to other names and stuff, that I always come back to I am consciousness. I am infinite loving consciousness here in a body if you want to call it a soul if you want to call it the life force anything um i just want to come back that the ultimate life force gift that we are given the power and the container we are given to hold all of this power is to me what ultimately matters the most out of this message and today we are here to give divine justice back to our sisters, to heal the witch wounds so that each of us can come back into our power, to yes. own all of our darkness and light, to allow all of this to alchemize everything in our life and truly live in the role and embodiment that we feel most aligned to, knowing true and well that what we in truth are is infinitely greater than anything we can imagine. So I just want to start with that. And I'm so excited to hear all of the different history and the stories and all of the wisdom that you have to pass down. Beautifully put together, really beautifully said. And I want to add on to that, that in this conversation, we will not be burned. Mm -hmm. This is a conversation of 
justice at its core for that power that you're talking about mm -hmm. um, and understanding the importance of feminine power, the importance of intuition, the importance of the alchemy, the magic within us. And it really truly is within all of us because we are that reflection of source consciousness. So let's start at the very beginning. So when you attend one of my moon circles, any of my moon circles, I always play this song called We Are We All Come from the Goddess. And I've had a couple clients come to me and say that the first time that they heard this song, that it awakened them. They, it awakened something within them. They couldn't explain it. It was a chanting. It was the drums. It's the connection of all these women together under the moon. And coming back to exactly that, the feminine aspect of source energy, goddess, and understanding that we do truly all come from the goddess. This is undeniable when we sit and we are within ourselves. And when we think about how powerful that is, I believe that it can be frightening, you know, and this is such a, such a difficult pattern to um, <laughs> heal because we fear what we don't understand. And what we are trying to do is understand it, mm -hmm. teach it, um, have open conversations about these taboo subjects. And it serves a purpose because this power has potential for so much good when it's used properly. So when we think about we all come from the goddess, we're thinking about this creative light energy that's coming straight from the dark. You know, if we're thinking back to the Big Bang, we're thinking about this spark of light that emerged from the darkness, like an ember, that fire from within. And we're coming into this world bloodied and screaming and ugly in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, but we're birthing something that has the potential to be so beautiful and so dual. And what is not understood in the realm of uh, regular typical reality is this duality um, that exists within all of us. And the witch archetype is the woman that does understand the duality. She understands her darkness. She understands her light. She understands the cycles. She understands her connection to nature. And she understands her innate creative power within her to um, really create those new lives, those, birth those new realms, um, create a new paradigm, step into a new chapter, and is constantly evolving. And when we think about the goddess, there are so many names for the goddess, so many aspects for the goddess. There's a goddess for destruction, and then there's a goddess for love and beauty, and then there's a goddess for um, hunting. There's, And they all go by different names. And over time throughout history, this was tremendously distorted as, as the rise of religion and um, wounded masculine energy prevailed. Do you have any comments on this? You want to jump in? Yes, I want to touch on, okay, I'm glad we said masculine and that we're really, we're talking about the innate gifts of the feminine. We're talking about the innate gifts a woman comes to the world with. And if you think about it, 
really down to, if you want to think about it biologically, scientifically, spiritually, the woman has the power to birth new worlds, okay? And if you think about it biologically, we create a world in our stomach, in our womb, in our body, and we birth it out into the reality in which we live. And that world that we create creates a world of its own and lives in a world of its own and has powers and, and capabilities and strengths and qualities of their own. And it truly, if you think about it, woman in her, her most primal essence carries the power to create worlds. Mm-hmm. And in that primal essence is also that connection to sexuality. And we're going to be talking a lot about how women in that aspect of ourselves has been demonized because we're talking about the gift of life. But where does the gift of life come from? It comes from sexuality. So how could we possibly demonize something that is so intrinsically important to humanity and to earth as a whole and to any planet for that matter? Um, But it is so innately shamed by the rise of the wounded masculine. I won't even use the term patriarchy. We'll just call it the wounded masculine for for just, you know, understanding it a little bit better. Um, I'll even go as far as to say we can even take the masculine out of it. Yeah. We can take... Yeah, let's take him out of it. Let's... (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I want to talk about it from the stance of the enlightened, the healed, the empowered, the embodied, and then the shamed, the guilty, the dark, the powerless. Um, and then again, most primal, the wounded. Um, yeah. Because I think there's there's two aspects that every energy archetype feels, whether you're masculine or feminine, whether you identify as predominantly masculine or feminine, there is, no matter what you identify with, there is a part of you that is truly in their power. You feel connected to source. You feel, um, emp- I was going to say empowered again, but you feel like you know your gifts, you live your gifts, and you use all of these, we call, like, words or spells. Um, you know, your mind is your greatest asset in the sense that it is truly the power that creates worlds. It's the power that gives rise to thought, that gives rise to desire, that gives rise to creation, that gives rise to the action needed in order to achieve that. And when we think about it, I think anybody holds that innate gift to magic. And yes. that's the innate gift to turn the unmanifest into manifest, the thought into thing, the uncreated into something that is created, the creation itself. And where I really want to see us restore power is to our own power, is to our capacity to own our gifts, to use all that we are, all that we have been given, this mind, this body, this amazing spirit, all of these creative desires, all of these um, strengths and qualities, and using them to make magic here on earth, to make magic, to co-create life here on earth. Yes. I'm seeing really big patterns. Like I'm sure in the day there were many enlightened men, many enlightened women, many powerful men and women who were capable of 
bringing to life what they envisioned, bringing to life what they were thinking of, what they desired to create. And that is magic. And where I think the wounded archetype, no matter what it comes through, I know we hear them as they versus us, the dark and the evil versus the light and the, the good and all of that, where I think the real uh, problem gets to be addressed is in whatever has made us fear our innate magic, our innate power. And so I want to, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about these wounds and where they come from. And uh, so, yes, I do want to talk about the, where that wound comes from. Um, because this is, again, if we all come from the goddess, if we're seeing a wounded masculine energy, that is within us as mothers, not nurturing our sons or nurturing our own inner masculine aspects um, enough. And by inner masculine, we, we, on the traditional sense, mean, you know, the, the provider, the ambitious side, the loud side, the one that's going to speak up or fight or is more assertive. That's more of the masculine energy that we all hold. And when we don't nurture that part of ourselves properly and there's not a proper balance with our feminine, that's how we have this collective wounded masculine patriarchy that uh, arose and took us down. Because if we don't take tend to that enough, it has the power to destroy us. Absolutely. And um, I've, I've noticed, like, I mean, I really wonder what creates a wound. Is it repetitive failure? Is it repetitive shame? Is it repetitive, um, you know, whatever it is. I, I would actually love for anybody who's listening to think about it. Where do your wounds come from? When I think of my wounds, I'm thinking, okay, the wounds that I have that have really put me out of my power is the repetitive failure I've encountered. Wherever I thought I was powerful, and if it didn't prove to be that way, or I didn't get the validation I needed to be to, to feel my most powerful and magical self. And I gave up on my magic altogether. And that perpetual, like, I'm not going to say shame, but that perpetual, no, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. That could contribute to one of the greatest wounds of ever trying to step back into your power again. And where I see a lot of the collective, um, trickling down the system is that at some point some people encountered creating a life magically in like creating their life in a way that wounded them in a way that they were not satisfied with they ended up um hurt unconscious um even you know betrayed or whatever whatever core wound it is and that trickles down the system and they go off telling people who are in their power no your power does not exist your power is uh, shameful because I don't have it or they don't have it. The majority doesn't have it or, you know, it never worked for us. So if it works for you, then you must be different. You must be evil or witchy and all of the things. And so eventually with enough of that ingrained in you, you tend to believe it and you tend to give up your power. You came more into the wound. You operate from the wound itself. And yeah. And you, and I think that when you operate from the wound is when you've lost consciousness with that co-creation process, because when we create, okay, so let's really dive into the magic aspect of it. 
when we are creating spells or we're creating magic or alchemy, which is an ancient thing we get from the beginning of time, it's when you put ingredients together and it's creating something. Cooking is alchemy. Cooking is magic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, when we create that without one very special secret ingredient, we can manifest a lot of harm. And that's when the wound can bubble over and can um, get out of control and seem to overpower um, the good that is there. Because there is good in every single soul on earth. There is light in every single soul on earth, regardless of how lost or how dark they may seem. And that secret ingredient is love. God is love. And to co-create with God is to co-create in love. and I, I think that's actually one of the the most shamed aspects of it is when one person specifically enlightened specifically witchy or priestessy or uh like a healer believes in the co-creative power with the highest source the Mm -hmm. highest knowledge wisdom energy the highest embodiment that exists when you co-create with that energy and you're really bringing magic because I don't I think without the creative energy of um of God or even in in a sense there's good there's good magic and bad magic so there's light magic where you're operating in love yeah creating for the highest good you're co-creating with life to create life to propel life and then there's the darker side where you're doing it in fear you're doing it in unconsciousness you're doing it in um, lack. Some, you're doing it in lack. There's a void that you're trying to fill and that void manifests as what people call Satan or the devil or Lucifer. It's, this isn't, and not a physical entity. This is an energy. This is a void of love. This is the opposite, the absence of God, the absence of love. Yeah. Just a couple of days ago, I learned, um, they were saying that all pain, all fear is non-God. And when I understood that, it's the lack of presence of God in your life. Because mm-hmm. when you understand that you are, you know, here for one heck of a reason, there's just this beautiful, magical world in front of you. Or you believe that you just, you know, popped into hell on earth and you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. There's nothing here to support me. There's nothing here to work for or to have hope in. Or, you know, the people are really bad, so let them all burn and stuff like that. There's the core differences between using your power wisely, using your power, you know, for good, and then kind of where we've lost ourselves and using our power in vain, using our power to create um, influence without without intention, to create money or opportunities that, that don't serve the highest good. Um, and that comes from a lack of nurturing. Because we all have these gifts, we are all intuitive beings, and we all do actually have psychic abilities. But if they're something that we're afraid of through the motion of our ancestors, through the motion of uh, witch trials and generational um, attacks, basically on the feminine intuition that's within all of us, then we won't nurture it properly. And then when we do get curious, we can potentially get blinded into performing spells or some type of magic with the absence of God, with the absence of love, because we haven't actually loved that aspect of Mm ourselves. 
you said something that really sparked something for me, and it was along the lines of, okay, co-creating with God first and foremost, but when you do it in fear, and I think after a while, a lot of us have, have been feared into our power, so I want to ask anybody, have you ever tried to create something or you performed a spell and you were hoping it worked and then it didn't or you had oh I remember when I was a little girl I had all the spell books in the world I was so confident in my magic you know mermaids spoke to me daily I was one with the fairies all of the things and then Someone along the way, uh, along the way, and then multiple people along the way did not believe. They're, they weren't tapped in. They were, you know, either shamed into growing up too fast or, you know, that magic doesn't actually work or, you know, the seasons pass, Halloween is over, and then you're like, mm, you know. I, I'm not a witch anymore. I'm not a witch <laughs> after all. And I think a lot of us... Um, we take those mystical archetypes and we want to identify with them so bad because there is a part of ourselves. There's a part of our soul that knows that we are beyond what is classified human, or at least human could be the greatest magical creature of all. And we've been taught for years and generations and maybe even millennia that if someone doesn't get to experience their power or if it didn't work for them, or if they experience something bad, then that's the truth for all. And I want to restore the truth back to what you feel because long ago, I put down my dreams to be a witch. I put down my dreams to, I put down my dreams of being a mermaid long ago, of being mystical long ago, all in the name of fear, essentially. And so, we took a, a quick two-second break um, just a, a couple minutes ago to really discuss the fact that we've kind of been beating around the bush. And this itself also comes from that same witch wound. It comes from the, the fear of speaking up, the fear of appearing crazy, the fear of talking about what you know to be true, talking about the innate magic that you possess. And we were having such a wonderful conversation about all things beyond the veil. And so... Why don't we do this? Why don't we remove the veil? We're going to release it. We're going to just dive deep into what we're actually here to say. And if it resonates and it inspires you to get back to your power, because ultimately, whatever you believe now, whatever you've been wounded into thinking, whatever you've been programmed into thinking, if you know something inside you is longing for more, is longing for that infinite expression of true beauty and magic of co-creation with life of really stepping into your power well put aside all the labels and listen absolutely and not only that by doing this you will heal your inner child mm -hmm. and when you heal your inner child you are more connected to your higher self you're more connected to your higher power you're able to do better be better create a better world and this is this is the prayer for every generation is to do better than the last. Mm -hmm. um, and we're really here today to bring this to light so that we don't have to carry this burden anymore. 
personally, one of the gifts that I constantly tried to hide most of my life is the gift of retrocognition, remembering my previous lifetimes. And I remember so many lifetimes that my connection to my witch witchiness or witch wound energy feels so innately part of me that trying to cover it up is a really big disservice to my soul. And that's what we're talking about is not um, allowing that disservice to live any longer. Not covering up your powers, your wand, your everything. How many women, the, the witches who lived in, in villages and societies who were simply not accepting or who demonized women with wisdom and natural abilities and healing strengths. Eventually we got capes and kind of put them over our head and tried to blend in with the crowd. And where that does a huge disservice to society, to humanity, is that your innate gifts are not, are not so mystical after all. You're, you're here to share the wisdom to, because I think what I really truly believe is that that inner child in us that believes in the infinite, that knows it's magical, those are what we come into the world with. Those are the powers, the gifts, and the true zest that we come into this world with. And that is the gift we get to provide. And after a while, you're totally grow up, you know, it's time to put down the spell books. It's time to put down the, the wishes and get back to reality. But if you think about it, the deepest sense of reality without illusion, without blockage, without censorship even, is the inner child. Is the child in you that believes everything is possible. Is the child that came to this world with imagination unhinged, with powers to create love and beauty and light everywhere it goes and it just trickles down and i i really wonder how how everyone's wound kind of came to be like what their wound is where it comes from who instilled in them that they were not powerful that they were not magical that they were not luminous beings um we go through several initiations throughout our lives, and I believe that there comes a time in everyone's life that we're just told, you got to grow up, you got to deal with reality, whatever reality may be, work, um, looking after a family, uh, paying bills, whatever it might be. And when that reality sets in, we forget that there can still be a balance we're all about balance over here. Yes, we are. <laughs> we forget that there can be a balance. And when there's an imbalance within ourselves, there's an imbalance in the collective. And that's what gives way to sickness and darkness and to the wounds that we're talking about. Um, and there has to be an understanding through the initiations that, hey, the magic can still exist. The magic is actually going to get you further. It's actually going to get you to the next level in your life. But the magic has to be protected. And what is probably the biggest issue that I see among young women, especially today, uh, that want to call themselves witchy or witches or feel it through their motion of their past lives, that this is what they resonate with. 
they don't know how to protect that magic. They don't know how to protect their energy. They call themselves baby witches and they infantilize their power and they forget how powerful they truly are. And they become very impressionable and they let these subtle darker energies come in and prey on them without knowing that the power is actually right there with them. The sword is in their backside, not in their spine that like someone stabbed you, but it, you can pull that out of your back and slay whatever is in your way in the name of justice. That is there for you to use innately. That is your God-given gift to protect yourself. Um, and, and we see that in our legal systems too. We all have a right to defend ourselves. To stand up for what we believe in, stand up for our power and our ability to create in this world with ease and, and openness. Um, if I can touch on the word magic, um, I think a lot of people have idealized or fantasized this word um, in the sense that they take something and they make it non-human, non uh yeah. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, non words. And when I think of the word magic, the only other word that comes to mind for me is essence. So when you think of a child who who believes in in magic, who is a magical being, they create life around them. They create a world around them where everything is beautiful. Like naturally, without without imprinting. Next time you're around a child, see how they are and what reality they believe themselves to live in. And if that child is upset or is depressed or is not unhinged living in their own fantastical world of imagination and magic and beauty, then I can almost guarantee there was somebody along the way that was wounded. I think it all comes back down to that wounded the child and made the child believe that magic was outside of them and when i think of magic truly in its essence it is the essence it is the essence of a child it is the essence in all of us to create to invent to imagine to spark life into anything and where the biggest power struggle comes where the biggest wound comes is feeling like that power is taken away from us or feeling like we once had it and then somebody told us to put it down and where a lot of people have put down their power, they put down their power to create abundance, to create a life that they love living in, to create a beautiful existence, and all of the things. There's this aspect of whether we deserve to or not that we question. Mm -hmm. um, and I also believe, too, that we, we have gone through so much betrayal um, as as people, as a collective, from each other, from the closest people to us, from source, we often, there are so many people on this earth right now that feel rejected or betrayed by God um, and feel that lack of love. And that lack mentality is so deep that you can get stuck in it. And that is where the darker magic can come from. Um, there's different types of magic. There's 
gray magic, black magic, and light or white magic, which you will see in children often. Mm -hmm. um, not every child, some, some children come into this world dark, mm -hmm. um, but it's important that we understand that there's different shades to this, just like there's different shades to our psyche or different aspects of our psyche. And we see it too in nature. I mean, we're, we're <laughs> humans think we're so great. Sometimes <laughs> we forget that we're just mammals. We're <laughs> maybe a little bit more sophisticated, some of us, but we're, we are just mammals. And if you look at the animal kingdom, you see it amongst them as well. You see how they cultivate their own magic. It exists within every being. It, it exists within the all. I think it's pretty magical the fact that we're here right now and everything that I mean if you really think down to the very first the very elemental truth that holy effing shit we're here we're alive there is life there is something and when you look around you and you see how sophisticated everything has become how complex everything is there's infinite different kinds of plants, infinite different types of beings and animals. There's more design and creation in the world around us than anything. And if that isn't magic, then what is, okay? And our ability to create more of that. And actually, I want to touch a little bit more on dark magic and, and black magic of sorts, because yes. if we're talking about the witch wound, um, and, and my most... Uh, present witch wound is not believing in the co-creative process where you think you want it and you let yourself have it. I remember, and I'm so glad it's Halloween time because one of my all-time favorite movies, and I, it's a tradition for us to watch the entire series. We watch Halloween Town, and it's just this story about a girl who thinks she's mortal. Her parents, her mom tries to keep her mortal. Um, because it's safer that way and she doesn't know what's out there and all the things and one of the quotes her grandmother says who is an avid and just highly evolved witch she says magic is wanting something and letting yourself have it and when I understand I understood the the creative process the creative elements that that very quote embodies is you want to create a world you want to create a reaction um, a form and you start with the desire and the thought to create it. Now, all that's left to do is the co-creative process with source, with the light, with magic, is to allow it to happen, is to release every blockage, every limit, every um, rational process as to how it has to happen. And just don't think, feel it and let it become and let it come to be essentially. And where I feel like dark magic comes into play is where we're so, I'm not going to say so afraid or whatever, but we, wherever that wound comes from, you don't believe magic happens. You feel like you're exempt. You know, you've been shunned or shamed or even burned for the magic that you have. Now you're going to come from a wounded space where magic again is quite possible because you're creating you're co-creating with anything but I feel like dark magic comes from the forceful end of it and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you correct me on this if you feel and I actually want to know what you feel about it but yeah to me what that dark magic is is you had to make it happen you had to sacrifice something you had to um 
do something not all right in order to force the reaction to make it happen um but you tell me you you share what your insight on dark magic is and then maybe let us know what you believe light magic is okay so on the record i am very in touch with both my dark and light side on the record i am very in touch with both dark magic and light magic on the record i have done black magic on the record i actively choose light magic okay now if you're gonna burn me you heard it you heard my testimony <laughs> so for me black magic uh manifested in love spells and that was as a result of feeling the lack of love feeling the void and feeling like i needed to force something in order to make it happen and i have um a very specific story of what changed with me when it came to doing that. So I had, okay, I will say this for another time, but I have a lot of sexual trauma as many women walk around with. And I had gotten to a point where I was sick and tired of being abused and I wanted a soulmate. I wanted a real soulmate. And I went home one night and I concocted this love spell. I was really into the love witch. I was really influenced, easily impressionable at the time that I did this. And I basically did a sex magic spell and he showed up the next day. I was working um, a job. I was his manager and he showed up and he called me. And he said my name on the phone without saying hello. He just said my name. And it was like this very deep, dark voice. And I kind of had this moment of like, oh, am I in trouble? <laughs> and we connected over a couple dates. He assaulted me sexually almost immediately. Um, and it was very evident that we knew each other from a previous lifetime, I believe from a parallel timeline. So just to give the girls at home or women at home an idea of what love spells are, they're very, very dark. You're opening up an energy that you don't fully understand because you're, you're, you're creating from that lack of love. So what's the opposite of that? It's this hatred or this, um, you know, lack mentality. Obviously there's going to be something lacking there. So he immediately remembered me from a previous lifetime, I believe from a parallel timeline, and I had to end it to, you know, save myself from what could I knew could potentially happen and uh, blocked him from everything. Months later, I had to perform a banishing spell because I could feel the energy lingering. And that was it for me. I realized um, just how easily we can be fooled into taking matters into our own hands and not co-creating with God um, and how it can manifest in such a terrible, terrible way. I ended up doing um, a past life regression and I could actually see why we had unfinished business and why he was a soulmate that came through. He was a karmic tie that came through. But this is a big reason why I always say I do not encourage people to manifest a specific person. On TikTok, everybody wants me to tell them how to manifest a specific person don't. <laughs> the answer is that you don't. You have to really show yourself as much love as possible and raise your own vibration 
and the right person will match you there, will meet you there. And you can still use magic within your relationships, but it is so important not to um, find yourself co-creating without love for your, either yourself or for something beyond yourself, but love needs to be the ingredient in it. Um, black magic is extremely hard to reverse. Curses and hexes are where things can get so, uh, where the lines can get blurred. And people don't really even understand the difference between that either. So hexes are, are not when you, a, a, a curse is when you create a spell to wish death or sickness on someone. And a hex is sort of like an, a little inconvenience or a return to sender spell, which doesn't have to be void of God. It can, you can hex someone and there can still be God involved in that co-creation process or that love uh, can be involved in that, that and the justice piece can be involved in that. Um, it's kind of like sticks and stones may break, may, what is it? Sticks break and stones bones. may break my bones, but. I don't know. I'm, I don't remember I, I the last hear part Rihanna, of it. But chains and yeah, I hear that too. But chains and whoops excite me. It's the same thing, right? But words will never something. Something along those lines. But it, it's little inconveniences. Say you had a boy that teased you in school, and you hex him by saying, you know, I hope that all of your socks smell bad for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, so something came to mind as you were amazingly describing all of that and what really stuck and it was like a breakthrough moment it was a moment where it was like oh my god how could it not have been this clear (laughs) good white magic okay i actually just invented this white magic rhymes with light magic so just to remind you of that but then i heard black when when Emily was describing all of the black magic she had done, and I thought, oh my God, black magic is lack magic. And Mm. I remember the days and all of the times that I wanted to avoid not being liked at school, or I wanted to overcome the current money hurdle, and I tried to, I'm not gonna say perform a spell per se, but, I I did, especially back then when I was a child, I tried to make everybody love me. I wanted somebody to love me and to be that lover or be that person that finally liked me back. And when I realized, oh my God, that came from a space of black magic of maybe not so scary and dark and demonic as you could think, but definitely coming from a place of I'm not powerful enough. I'm not good enough as I am. I'm not magical or lovable enough that I need to there's seeking outside of yourself to create something and there always comes that same representation that same mirror in life as to what you put out so if you're putting out nobody loves me and I want somebody to love me and I'm going to say this spell so that they can love me and I don't have to well where 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 do you think you're going to meet that reality where do you think you're going to meet the projection the the mirror of whatever you brought to life and if you're coming i mean i can i could probably count no i probably couldn't count the number of times that i've tried money spells because Mm -hmm. i was not in a financial situation that i wanted to be in or that more people had more than me or whatever it was and you come from the space of again, lack, 
So you're not co-creating with God. You're not co-creating with a higher power. You're creating to replace the power. You're creating something to overlook or avoid the wounded aspect of yourself. And so Mm -hmm. which wound, I'm so glad we're discussing this topic is because there's so much more than we think on this, on this topic. And I hope it, it sparks, you know, infinite thought in you and you get to decide what your witch wounds are and you get to decide, you know, where you kind of find yourself and, and decide where are you headed in terms of your inner magic. The lack comes from generational poverty contracts. Mm-hmm. And if we are really going to talk about witchcraft, it comes from ancient Babylon. And Babylon still has a very prevalent um, influence on today's culture. And that is the oppressor. Babylon is the oppressor. And if you look, if you study religion, and if you are witchy, you really need to study religion. You really need to understand it from an esoteric uh, standpoint and learn as much as you can about every religion. I think that touches a lot on the on the history yeah. that builds on these wounds as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, because in for sure every Abrahamic religion, Babylon is referred to as the oppressor. Um, that's where a lot, it was the first capitalistic city, ancient capitalistic city. So that's where all this greed kind of comes from. And there's still many spells to this day to Inanna, the Babylonian goddess and, um, you know, the, the beast in Babylon and, uh, references to Aleister Crowley and things of that nature, the, the lack, this is lost. These souls and this energy is lost and void of love of that nurturing, um, protective nature that we talked about at the very beginning beginning when we connected to the goddess. So we have to remember that there is, again, like you said, there's nothing outside of us. It's all within. Um, and when we remember that it's all within, we don't need to go and do all these money spells or have the perfect ingredients to mash up. You're already earth, air, wind, and fire. Your breath is your air. Your fire is your soul. You got water pumping through your entire body, your skin. Um, and you're connected to the earth. You're on earth. Mm-hmm. I love that we're talking about this first and foremost. And there was something that really uh, inspired me when you were talking about the ancient oppressor, the ancient Babylonian, all of the things. Um I'm not, okay, so I'm going to be honest, I'm not fully knowledgeable in the history, but I know how to connect the dots. And what connected for me right now was, if you think of the witch wound, we've been burned at the stake, we've been stoned, we've been all of the things. And when I think back to the oppressor, I think back the the societies, the collective population of people ridden in lack, living in lack of love, they're not feeling provided by the world, the world has jaded them, so they don't, they no longer believe in the same magic and imagination that they once has as as a child. And when you see somebody as an adult, living in their true power, truly embodying love embodying 
abundance and beauty and natural power, natural essence. I mean, no shit, it's going to trigger some people. And what, what people don't have, they either demonize or they take for themselves. And I think taking for themselves is the energy of the black magic and the energy of lack magic, where if, if, you know, if they have it and I don't, I'm going to take it from them. So I'm going to take their life. I'm going to take their power. I'm going to take their voice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take their beauty. I'm going to take all of the things. And it obviously perpetuates a different cycle. And we find ourselves here in the beautiful 2021 uh, with people coming and waking up to their power, waking up to their natural essence, feeling more called back into nature, feeling more called to the elements than ever. And I think our last oppressive enemy is ourselves at this point, is, is us perpetuating the wound, us perpetuating the lack and the forceful magic energy of if I can't, if I don't have it naturally, then I must take it and I must force it and I must make it happen the human way. Um, and that just kind of loses sight of all the essence that you naturally are. Yeah, that's kind of what I felt. So we're back from another quick break because we're processing as we're speaking about all of this. And for me, anger comes up when I'm, when we, when I have these flashbacks to previous lifetimes, um, being killed unjustly, um, for my power, whatever the power, however it was used. And the anger comes from the boundaries that you have not being either set or vocalized properly and being um, stepped over. And the self-love piece in that is being able to stand up for yourself, um, stand up for your justice, stand in your ground, stand in your power, stand in your boundaries, know that um, you have the right to, as I said earlier, protect yourself, um, to have your ritual in the morning or at night to connect with nature. That is your right. These things are your right. It's your right to connect to your magic, to your intuition, because this is a part of what God has given you. This is a part of your genetic makeup, your DNA. And to deny it is to deny God or to deny the God within you. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Honestly, nothing is coming through me right now. I'm here to continue yeah. listening. I think let's let's switch gears for a second. I think um, let's talk a little bit about um, our own journeys with magic. Like, where are you at currently with magic? Are you using it? What kind of magic are you using? Is there something you want to learn more about? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really glad we're. we're going in this direction because it allows us to pull away so much from the labels and start understanding our innate gifts. And I mean, there were times I, I could tell you the number of times I believed I was a fairy. I was, I was drinking spells to become a mermaid, to come back into my natural state as a mermaid. Um, I gave up my, my dream to be a witch when I was a little girl. And now every time I, well, especially around Halloween town, I feel all of that collective brewing again. Yeah. And <laughs> so I come back to the state of, 
I don't want to identify so much with the labels anymore. I want to know my inner magic. I want to know it without a, a shred of a doubt. I, for one, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to resonate. I know, for one, I'm a channel. I'm a channel for divine wisdom. I am a channel for the message that needs to come through. And that, to me, is part of my magic. It's part of my service. And it's part of the spells that I come here to share with people. Um, I know that I have a lot of creative magic. So instead of so much, oh, and don't worry, my house is full of plants. I talk to my plants morning, day, and night. I go water them with all of the love in the world. We we talk, We I listen to their wisdom. I have plenty of animal spirit guides. I'm in nature all the time. And then I know that my words and my thoughts and all of my creative desires are the fuel to create magic in my life. So unfortunately, somewhere long ago, I put down the mystical aspect of it. I put down the, the being a witch, the wanting to be a mermaid, um, the, the collective labels. I know there are archetypes that live in me, mm-hmm. like the goddess. All the goddess archetypes live in us, live in, within us. And I allow myself to call on whatever comes in the moment. So if, for example, my gift right now is to create a product or create a change, an environment, create like our greatest manifestations, the things everybody calls manifestations, they are, are they're our magic. They're the desires and the creative urge we have to bring something to life. And with enough ingredients enough belief and enough innate magic i mean that is the essence it's the co-creation with the highest power um, and our power as well i create magic in my everyday life i create situations that i want in my favor i create the environment that i want i create you know products and books from from nowhere and where my other gift is in that is just the channeling of things. So I'm, I know for a fact that when something needs to come through, I can listen to the energy that is being called in the moment and speak it to life. Um, but let me know what it is for you. How do you find yourself practicing magic every day? How do you find yourself, which role or archetype do you most resonate with? And how do you use it on a day-to-day basis? Well, the label itself was one that I used for a very long time and me having connection to the spirit realm. um, I had many confirmations that my ancestors on the other side were not happy with me using that label. They felt that it wasn't true. They felt that I was acting out from the motion of pain from my previous lifetimes and that I was trying to reclaim a word that had actually been used against me in a derogatory way. And I've used my free will to say, no, I can actually reclaim this word for the wiseness that it is. Um, And I will proudly wear that label when it fits, but it doesn't fit 24-7 and it's not meant to, but it's an aspect of who I am. I resonate a lot with the magic of healing and energy work and being able to read body language, read energy, read people's aura. And this is not so, um, it's not as mystical as people make it out to seem. It's actually more scientific than I'm even completely aware of as someone that hasn't uh, 
dove into it as much as I know I'd like to. Um, psychologically, we have so much proof for a lot of this stuff. Um, it's just, again, demonized. If it's not traditional education, then it's demonized. And can I also throw in there that sometimes the mystical aspect, the non-understood aspect is what makes it, or even the, it's so magical that it's higher than me, keeps us separate yes. from the knowing that being human, being consciousness, being all of the goddess archetypes at once is that magic, is the most mystical and wonderful thing. And so I've seen however many times, and this is probably the part of me that rejected wanting to be a witch for so long, is because mm. I thought being a witch was better than being me. And it's not because you are, and we both admit it right mm. now, and I totally resonate with what you said, sometimes it just doesn't fit 24-7. Yeah. You embody the healer role. You embody the rockette role. You embody mm. the goddess role, the the healer, the shaman, the medicine woman, the whichever, the priestess, all of the things, the witch, the mermaid, the fairy, all of the things. But when we make them more than like, cause they say this a lot in manifestation and I didn't, it didn't click until now. When you make something bigger than you, or you make something more than it is, or you make something so high and unachievable, you demonize it, you separate yourself from it, you don't understand it, you fear it. And when you come back to the to the truth that you are all in one and one in all, then you you inherently restore that power. You inherently decide whichever term you feel called to work with today, right now, and in 10 minutes from now, that's that's you. It's you. You are the magical power. You are the the witch, the priestess, the healer, everything, the goddess at once. So I just wanted to throw that in it there. It comes down to an acceptance of all of those aspects ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the lack of acceptance that creates that separation and that illusion and that sickness. Um, but to go back to the question, I feel that... Um, my magic is currently really focused on healing myself mm -hmm. and uh, my bloodline and other people, helping other people heal their bloodlines. Um, because what you heal within yourself, you heal within your entire bloodline. And the collective. I've, I've sensed that so much over the last couple of years doing this work. I know that anything I realize in myself is being realized in the source, in the, in the Godhead, in the prime collective consciousness so i i love that i love that you're being called to focus all of your magic on healing right now because that's restoring the power that's releasing the fear of all of this magic that we hold within us mm -hmm. and it allows you to give yourself permission to use it freely and and safely again i think so many people fear their innate magic because we've been told it's not safe to go out with your powers in the world it's not safe to speak up about being a witch and being a healer you might get stoned you might get burned at the stake it's not safe and so here we are with all of this collective stuff here facing it at once and saying okay like i'm giving myself back the power to to be all that i am 
and know it's safe, not just for me though, but for all of us to be who we are, all of us to have this wisdom, this natural essence and magic in us um, that we can exercise at any time. And that comes back to the permission piece. Mm-hmm giving ourselves the permission. And I know for myself moving forward that I will ultimately decide with the confirmation from God what I give myself permission to explore. Knowing what I'm capable of and being able to use my good judgment and discern what can I do with this power? How can I use it for good? How can I transmute negative energy into something positive? How can I transmute the energy of thought into the energy of matter and manifest? That's the definition of manifest. Something really positive, something that's never been done before that the world really needs, that that inner child needs, that my great-grandmothers needed within me. And I think that's where the alchemy piece comes in too. We have all of these different ingredients for creating anything. Um, And and whatever comes to mind is perfectly correct for you. What are the ingredients that are being pulled into your space right now that are actually contributing to the creation of whatever you want to bring to life? Um, Sometimes it's, it's that dark alchemy that we have. It's all the the negative emotions. It's all the trauma, all the fear that we're carrying in us that actually allows us when when put together, when mixed right, when done with the the conscious use of spell work. And spell work is, again, it's it's what we declare and affirm in reality, essentially. What are you using? What are you creating out of all the ingredients you have? And what are you creating out of what is being given to you? I think that that alchemy especially in our inner world, our inner world, all the emotions we feel, um, that alchemy is most important to create our most authentic magic because it's you. It's like, it's your creative process with everything that you have, all the ingredients, all the double, double toil and trouble, you know, all the things. (laughs) You get to experience life on your own terms when you understand this power within you, when you accept both your light and dark, and you also understand the difference between the wounded aspect of yourself um, and your darkness versus the empowered aspect of your darkness. You know, manipulation is something that you can do for bad purposes, in your wounded energy if you're hurt but manipulation can also be used for good too and that can still be in your dark energy and it's not a negative trait we manipulate the elements every single day to meet our needs we use the ground to build houses we use the water to cleanse ourselves we use fire to keep ourselves warm and we use air to Breathe. What do we for? use that for? Um, to breathe, <laughs> to live. <laughs> That's so true. So true. And and yeah, I think when you acknowledge when everything is said and done, I think the ultimate witch wound is the is the fear and collective um, pushing down of our of our power, and we're afraid to use it. We're afraid to use that power in our own sense and to identify with whatever role we we see fit in the world. Um, And I I think, do you agree with this actually? I think there's a wounded light 
energy and an empowered light energy, just like there is a wounded yeah. dark energy and an empowered dark energy. Yeah, it's like this, uh, how do I put it? This savior mentality that a lot of us have. Oh, yeah, the all love and light type um, of thing. Or that we're just going to, we're going to, what is it called? Spiritual bypass the darkness and we're just going to live in love and light. I have been accused of this so many times by people that just don't understand that I don't need to share my darkness with them. Um, you don't, you know, if someone's not sharing with their, their darkness with you, it doesn't mean that they don't sit in it and mm -hmm. heal it. Um, but there are people who genuinely do spiritually bypass and just try to live in love and light and uh, check out of check out when things go wrong or when shit hits a fan. Um, but in any good union with self or with a partner, you're going to be there for the good, the bad, and the ugly, but for better or worse, right? Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a wounded aspect of the light when it comes to that saviorism and that uh, love and light only. The innocent victim. I think we've yeah. kind of experienced a little bit of that. I, I'm a really... I'm a pretty big, I mean, I'll be honest when, with myself. When in all of the name of love and light, I won't look at the darkness and I won't acknowledge the darkness that's just brewing in me. Um, and, and I'll be honest when it happens. It's, it's just another form of darkness, but it's what we call the wounded light. I sometimes I'm the innocent victim who is like just praying that everyone would treat me right and did not exercise my power, did not exercise my boundaries and stuff. And I was just a kind-hearted, naive, little victim type of thing. And that to me is just as, you know, wounded. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the perpetual optimism and the lack of boundaries. Amen. Wow, that was perfectly said. Yeah. I, I try. I try sometimes, you know. Sometimes things come out and they're good. Oh, no, they're beautiful. <laughs> um, I want to wrap up on like a more of a fun note and let's talk about like some cute Halloween traditions and things like that. So who is your favorite pop culture, witch? Um, okay. Well, I'm going to be honest. I like the three sisters movie, Hocus Pocus. So the, the three evil sisters, but then like, I, I really identified with the mortals that were able to do magic. Essentially mm -hmm. they didn't, they didn't actually practice magic or anything, but the kid found the book and, you know, he opened it all up and unleashed havoc. And then they were responsible for closing that chapter. Yeah. And they're mere mortals. And Marnie from Halloween Town, she's like by far my favorite. She thought she was mortal and she ended up being a very, very simply powerful witch like she just followed what she was told. She was following the intuition when it came up and she didn't even always have to do spells and stuff. She just, she followed her gifts. She accepted that she's half mortal, half magical human being and magical witch. And those two by far, they just really embody the full thing. And then, yeah, I mean, the I'm most called to them and yourself. That's a good answer. Inner child, Emily would say Sabrina, the teenage witch. Oh my God. I watch that every year. Yes. <laughs> like definitely, but not the new Netflix one. No, no. No, no, no. Oh, the original one. No, oh, um, yeah. no, the original one. And even the animated one. Just mm -hmm. love that character. Mm -hmm. So Sabrina would be one of my favorites. That would be inner child Emily's 
choice. Sure. Adult Emily is going to say probably Elvira mm-hmm. or Morticia. Morticia. They're kind of a tie for me because I love the fact that with Elvira, she uses magic in such like a lighthearted, funny way, even though she's she's joking about some serious and dark things. Um, and I love the sexual humor, humor in it. I mean, mm-hmm. it talk about empowering, talk about standing in your power. I think uh, Cassandra Peterson is just a genius for that <laughs> character that she still plays her. Um, and then Morticia's just so iconic. I mean, Morticia goes back to like black and white TV. Mm-hmm. Um, She's- yeah. That's Adam's family. Yeah, Adam's family. And Angelica Houston was amazing as Morticia, but there have been there have been other actresses that have played her that have been good, but no one has been as good as Angelica Houston. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I iconic relationship. I think they were the ideal like they're they're the ideal um Morticia and Gomez. Absolutely. Yeah. They just such passion, so much fire, and even though their love is based on like true evil and darkness and stuff. Yeah. It, it is still love. Yeah. It's still love. And they really, they're head over heels for each other. And I really, they keep a happy home. That's it. They keep a happy home. They care about what their children feel, how they feel and how they think they honor their children's gifts. Um, I think it's, it actually has more meaning than people think, but it, it's just great uh, comedy horror. Um, and definitely my favorite. Um, any favorite Halloween tradition besides from watching Halloween Town? Honestly, without fail, my favorite tradition is just listening to what the environment calls and just decorating the house because I love, you know, carving out pumpkins, doing hay rides, um, and truly like the energy of. Salem and Hallow's Eve and all of the different things, but really listening to what the house wants this year to be decorated mm-hmm. in all of the different vibrations and allowing the the different icons and and the specific what are they were like objects that are that are really called to be put out in the house this year and all of the things like candles and webs and specific pumpkin types and all the just different all plants. of it the all whole it. shebang absolutely <laughs> and you what's your favorite tradition i really do love pumpkin scented everything i can't help it it is actually an aphrodisiac there is science behind it um it actually especially for a libra especially <laughs> for a libra but it, it it's a turn on to a lot of people it's a great scent um i think my favorite halloween tradition is Honestly, listening to some of the witchier music, mm-hmm. like really giving myself permission to listen to all of that, mm-hmm. um, all the Halloween music I'm really into. I love getting into that vibe. And just in general, I love manifesting with music. Um, I will put out a Halloween playlist um, oh, so you guys yeah. can follow that. And I think from childhood, I really like dressing up, but I didn't like trick-or-treating in cold Canadian Oh, falls. my God. It would ruin the costume. I had to wear winter jackets over my beautiful – and we used to, like, hand yeah. make costumes. Same here. Yeah. So, what a shame. One of, I just wanted to touch on this one more time. Um, It was – and I don't know why it's blanking me now. So, to wrap up on all of this – 
we actually want to encourage you to explore your darkness by honoring this cycle of death. Halloween is really a time of year to honor the dead, um, to celebrate life as a whole. And the veil becomes so thin between the physical and spirit realm at this time. And we were both just saying that um, we find such sense of peace going to the cemetery mm -hmm. and being able to connect, being able to find gratitude. Um, Personally, I think it's great if you can keep the graves clean of your ancestors or just any grave that you may be called to. If there is a certain grave that you think is really beautiful and you want to make sure it's clean, it's honestly, um, in Hebrew, we call it mitzvah. Mm -hmm. It's a mitzvah. It's a good deed to um, honor those cycles in that way. Mm -hmm. So sit with that. See if it calls to you. Any other final words before we go? Nope. Just to let everybody know that I hope they find their magic and they find it year round because I love Halloween and it for me it's funny it starts in August and it ends November 1st. After November 1st like it's, it's we go straight into Christmas. Yes. But there is magic that follows us and that is in us all year round. Our entire lives 24/7 at every single moment of our lives and I think I hope what today brings to you is Everything that allows you to see where you have feared your witchiness, where you have put down um, your powers, your magic, um, and, and really shamed yourself over the spells that you wanted to, to bring to life, all of the magic and the things that you want to create. And just to remember that even as the pumpkins are put away and, you know, the wands and the spells are not as glamorized as they are in the month of October that you carry that magic with you all year long. And uh, we hope that this helped you kind of see where you've put down that power, where you have a couple witch wounds and where you allow yourself to bring divine justice to all of your darkness and light and to bring your magic to the world. Yes. Make sure that you grab your hat and your broomstick and fly off into the sunset knowing that you have everything you need within you and you are allowed to be as powerful as you are. Thank you all for listening and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.